It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Today in the Word, we are in Matthew chapter number 10, and I'm going to read a couple of verses beginning in verse number 32, and then I'm going to come back to the background of this chapter. So in Mark 10, beginning in verse 32, it says, And they were in the way, going to Jerusalem. And Jesus went before them, and they were amazed, and as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve, and he began to tell them what things should happen to them, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered into the, to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. Now we got the three sections of Mark's gospel that I mentioned last week. Well, four sections, one very small at the beginning. This is the in the way section, where Jesus is really focused on communicating the gospel. And then the next section, chapter 11, verse 11, we move to the final section of Mark's gospel, which is really the Jerusalem section that leads to the cross. Well, in this one, it says they were in the way. This is the way section. Where were they doing? It says they were going up to Jerusalem. So Jesus is with the disciples. He's heading up to Jerusalem, and it says that Jesus was going before them. So the picture is they're walking with Jesus. Jesus is a little bit up ahead. And it says this about those that were following him. It says that they were amazed, and as they followed, they were afraid. Now, when I read that this morning, it seemed kind of just out of context. And there's a lot going on in this chapter, but nothing really that you're thinking is leading to fear. But remember, the different gospel writers didn't include every detail. So to have a full picture, you want to compare Scripture with Scripture and gospel with gospel. Mark was attempting to just give the highlights of the life of Jesus Christ. That's why it's the shortest gospel. Mark was more focused on Jesus as the servant and his accomplishment and his tasks. But what has happened between chapter 9 and chapter 10 in Mark is filled in by the other gospel writers. So since chapter 9, our last devotion, uh, there was an attempt to arrest Jesus in John chapter 7. There was an attempt to stone Jesus. You find that in John chapter 8. Another attempt perhaps to arrest and to stone him in John chapter 10. In John chapter 8, Jesus had told the Jewish leaders that they were of their father, the devil. And so a lot has happened since chapter 9 in Mark. Man, trying to stone him, trying to arrest him. Jesus is getting very bold and forthright with the Jewish leaders that were opposed to him. Now it's in that context, as they followed him, and I love it, it says they were amazed and they were afraid. Now at first look at those two words, a surface look, I thought, man, those two words seem to be kind of in competition to each other. I was thinking of amazed as amazement, like awe, like excitement, and then afraid. I'm thinking, man, they're amazed and they're afraid, but the word amazed used there, it means to be astonished. It means to be, to have a level of perplexity. And then obviously we know what it means to be fearful. It means to be alarmed. 
So it's not amazed in the sense of a celebrative amaze, like, man, that was amazing. It was amazed in the sense of concern, maybe slightly worry, perplexity. So seeing it there, those two words really go well together. There's a bewilderment within them about what all this should mean, and yet they're still following Jesus, but there is some fear in them and what's going on. So following Jesus with some perplexity, following Jesus with some fear, not abnormal for people who are following Christ, but what really struck me is how Jesus answered this, because it says in the middle of verse 32, he took again the 12, and how did he answer their fear and amazement? says he began to tell them what would happen to him. Verse 33, he said, We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death, will deliver him to the Gentiles, they will mock him, scourge him, spit on him, kill him, and the third day he will rise. I was like, here this this group's following Jesus. These, the followers of Christ, they're perplexed and they're afraid, and Jesus isn't like, comforting them in the sense that we would think. In other words, he doesn't deal with it on an emotional level. He deals with it more on a missional level. In other words, he reminds them why they're going through this. He reminds them why people are upset with them. He he reminds them why there may be difficulty ahead. So rather saying to them, you know, don't be afraid, man, it's all good. And Jesus said, hey, We're going up to Jerusalem, and when we get there, remember, they're going to kill me, they're going to spit on me, they're going to mock me, they're going to do all these things, but what did he end with? And on the third day, I will rise again. So how does Jesus answer their apprehension? He reminds them of their mission. He's really telling them, reminding them why he came in the first place. Jesus came to die. Jesus came to give himself as a ransom, as a sacrifice for our sins. And so he faces their perplexity and their fear by reminding them of why he was there in the first place. And this is the third time in Mark's gospel he told them that he was going to suffer and rise again. So the first time he told them where, that it was going to happen at Jerusalem, and they were heading there. And so where his followers were fearful, you know what? Jesus faces the challenge with what? Resolve. He faces the challenge with confidence. I was reminded of a scripture that came to my mind in the Old Testament, a prophecy of Jesus, and it says that he set his face as a flint to go to Jerusalem. And it's the idea of this resolve and certainty. So where his followers had fear, Jesus had resolve. Jesus had certainty. So why was that? Because Jesus knew what was at stake in his coming. It was redemption. It was our salvation. It was the forgiveness of sin. It was him offering himself as a sacrifice for our sin. And in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, it tells us that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that it would bring. It says he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. So Jesus endured the cross. He faced the cross. He was faithful in it. He persevered through it. He was patient with the suffering. Why is that? It says because of the joy that it would bring. You know, over in Luke's gospel in chapter 15, it talked about that there is rejoicing in heaven when one sinner comes to repentance. 
And so I think about the celebrative nature of heaven, man, when the redeemed have been gathered to the throne of God after Christ returns, and man, we are all there. I thought, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Heaven will be filled. We're getting ready, right? We're going to be at that marriage of the Lamb. And what a great day of celebration. So yeah, following Jesus today, man, there's some perplexity in it. There's some uncertainty. There's days of fearfulness in it. But you know what? Like Jesus, it's for the joy ahead that we endure. So what are the principles of this passage? Well, number one, we recognize that the path of following Jesus can and will be accompanied by fear and uncertainty. So I want to encourage you, first of all, if there is fear and uncertainty mixed in your life in following Jesus, don't think that's a strange thing. Okay, that's a normal thing. Don't think something's wrong. God may be upset with me. Fear and uncertainty is a part of living for Christ. But it's a matter of not remaining in that uncertainty. How do we assuage that fear? How do we assuage that uncertainty? Well, we handle this by remembering why we are following him. Remember the reason we're following him? It's the mission. It's the gospel. It's not comfort. It's not convenience. In one place, Paul said, it's through much trials that we enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so if Jesus is the example at all of what it may look like in the Christian life sometimes, it's difficulty, it's uncertainty, there's some fearfulness. That's why Jesus said, take up your cross and follow in me. Now, I'm not trying to paint this bleak picture in following Christ. I'll tell you what, my life is a hundred thousand times better following Jesus than it would be without following Jesus, but that doesn't mean it's not without difficulty. What it means is I have Christ alongside me as I am facing the difficulty. So we remember the mission, that it's about the gospel. And for the joy that's ahead, like Jesus, we endure. Now that word endure isn't the idea of like Eeyore on Winnie the Pooh, oh, I'm making it, you know. No, it means to persevere. It means to uh, take it patiently. So enduring is not a joyless thing. It just means that it requires some endurance and some perseverance and some patience in dealing with difficulty. So Jesus is in the way, they're perplexed, they're fearful, and Jesus says to them, remember why I came. Remember why you are following me. It's the salvation of people. So what's our word for today? The word for today is, I face apprehension in following Jesus by apprehending the reason I am following Jesus. Let me say that again. I face my apprehensions in following Jesus by apprehending why I am following Jesus. And why is that? It's the salvation of others. It's the joy that is ahead. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.